Welcome to the Raw Talk Project. My name is Ainsley. I'm from central Queensland and have created this space to share and bring to you raw conversations with a wide variety of inspiring everyday people. We have all experienced the highs, the lows, the tough and the successful events life throws at us. For that, we all have a unique story to share. When you stand and share your story in an empowering way, your story will heal you and your story will heal somebody else. Welcome to another episode of the Raw Talk Project. This week's episode is with Katie Bolter. Katie is your ultimate professional hype girl, all things events for women in business and creative director. Thank you so much for joining and allowing us to hear your inspiring story. Katie, where do we start? Tell us all about who you are. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, well, I guess I'll start way back at the beginning. I was born in Rockhampton and I grew up in Rockhampton and I moved to Brisbane when I was 21 years old. So um, I recently turned 30. You can do the math on all of that. When I first moved to Brisbane, it was actually just by chance. I was here for a long weekend for my birthday and I just decided I wasn't going home. And I slept on my friend's couch and I cooked and cleaned for her and her boyfriend at the time. And I just got on Gumtree and found a job, the most random job. I was like handing out flyers and getting leads for a gym at like train stations and stuff. So one of those people you like avoid eye contact with. I still had a unit in Rocky with all of my staff fully set up as my home because originally I was coming home from this holiday. And very, very fortunately, I have great parents, a great family. They packed up my apartment and shipped it all down. And yeah, the rest is history. I've been here ever since. And everything from there, as in career and business and everything, I feel like has just kind of snowballed. But that's kind of all where it started. So going back the weekend before you had gone down to Brisbane, what were you doing here in Rocky? So you obviously finished school. What were your movements and steps then? Yeah, so I didn't really have any direction after school. I think in school there's so much emphasis put on like you have to know what your career is um, and you have to choose whether you're going to uni or you're doing this or you're doing that. I really had no direction and I also had no drive or passion to really be successful or yeah, I didn't really have any direction pretty much. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so basically for a long period of time there, I was just partying, working hospitality and just getting by. I remember my dad was always encouraging me to do like to get an admin job. And there was a few times where I did get admin jobs, um, like temp roles uh, to get a bit of experience and stuff. But Monday to Friday was just really not my vibe. And like I said, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I had actually just finished up a temp contract, uh, which was at Department of Housing. Then yeah, came down for my birthday, expecting it to be a holiday and thought, I'll just find another job or another opportunity when I get back. Um, But yeah, then I didn't come back. Perfect timing. It kind of just aligned, right? You didn't have or have any ties to really come back besides obviously your apartment. No. So yeah, unintentionally, I guess that was probably in the back of my mind. I didn't have a job to go back to. I didn't really have any commitments. But when you're younger, I think a lot of people can relate. When you're younger, you think you know it all. You think you're this big grown adult from the moment you like turn 18 and you've got it all figured out. And moving away from my family and being able to, I guess, do what I want when when I want was super appealing. So there was always in the back of my mind, if things didn't work out, I could always come home. So I just thought, why not? Just 
give it a go and see what happens. And you haven't looked back since? You don't wish you still lived in Rocky? No, I haven't looked back. I absolutely love it and I've set up my home and my business here, so I'm all settled. Obviously, you stayed down in Brisbane. You were saying you handed out flyers for a local gym. I got the job on Gumtree, of all places, random. I just started looking on Gumtree. This was before Marketplace was even a thing. And the more being in the gym environment, I thought I had an interest in being a personal trainer. And I went, I walked up the road from my friend's apartment. Uh, This is in Bowen Hills, uh, which is quite close to the city. And I went to the Australian Institute of Fitness and I was like, right, I want to become a personal trainer. I studied full-time to begin with and worked casually. So I was going to the campus Monday to Friday, nine till five. And then I was going over to my job from six till 10, 11, 12. So it was pretty hectic days. And that would be from Monday to Friday. And then on the weekends, I'd party all weekend and then I'd do it all again on Monday. I look back on that now and how busy my life is now. Obviously, very different types of busy, but I just don't know how I used to do that all the time. But yeah, then I get back up and I guess money was probably a little bit tight considering I was working casually and studying full-time. So I flipped that over and I started working full-time and studying part-time. So I just started randomly applying for any types of admin role. Like I said before, I had done a few temp roles in admin and I just got an entry-level receptionist role at a real estate agency. Uh, I started there full-time and then I'd go and study two nights a week and one weekend. Then I fell in love with real estate. So I finished my personal training course, never utilized it, never stepped into a gym on a personal training level. The things I learned in my personal training certification were very similar types of things to real estate. And then I just went from there. I was working in a property management office and I was on reception for a while. That office was really just straight up illegal, some of the things that were happening there. And um, so I ended up leaving there and that's when I started with Ray White. Did you enjoy your time with Ray White then? Yes, I was a yellow girl through and through. There was no other brand that I would have worked for. I actually, no, sorry, I did jump the fence there uh, to go and work for Place. And after two weeks, I went straight back to Ray White. (laughs) What did you do next? So you obviously aren't with Ray White anymore. No. So I thought that my goal was to become a real estate agent. But the more I worked towards that, the less I felt connected to it. And then I started working with a real estate recruiter. And then while I was working with her to find jobs that might be a potential good fit for me, she actually had a role within her business as a real estate recruiter that she pitched to me and said, I think he'd be really great at you, understand all the roles, you understand the type of people you would be recruiting. And then I started in real estate recruitment. This seemed like the perfect, I guess, alternative. I didn't have to work Saturdays. I was still able to work in the industry I liked without being directly in real estate myself. But unfortunately, four weeks into that role is when COVID hit. And as you can imagine, working in recruitment when we're experiencing a global pandemic and going into our first uh, lockdown, that meant it was basically a useless role. So did they stand you down, like say, all right, this position, I guess at the moment, because we're in lockdown is not required. Yeah. So 
I also had the best of a bad situation with this, to be honest. I was stood down. I had a job to go back to. I was on Job Seeker. It was just about when that would come back around, which for someone like me, um, I was asking very often, like, hey, how's it looking? When can I come back? Like, I'm going a bit stir crazy over here. Like, I was ready to really sink my teeth in and and make an opportunity, like make this opportunity work. And I had finally found something I was passionate about and I could really set myself up for the future. Obviously, recruitment has very good bonuses and the opportunity to really thrive and and set yourself up. So I was super keen to get back into it. And it took about eight months for that to roll around. Wow. So what did you do in the meantime? A whole lot of walking, to be honest. I got up to walking like 15 kilometers a day, which was crazy. I was probably the fittest and healthiest I've ever been in my life because all I would do would be go to the grocery shop, meal prep, exercise, walk. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Watch yoga, do yoga, all that kind of stuff. And then during that period of time, I came across a coach on Instagram who was working with um, women who were wanting to, I guess, do that inner work. And I thought, why not? Like, I've never been on Centrelink in my life. I've never even been eligible for it um, up until this point. And I thought, if I'm going to invest or use this money, like, why not use it to invest in myself and to learn more about myself so that come out the other side of this, I am coming out like the best possible version of myself, like utilize this as I saw it as, I guess, a paid holiday and, yeah, started working with this coach on doing inner work and learning about myself and anyone who's done that work. It's very eye-opening. And then I started posting events online for women who were wanting to connect. I would do things like your regular COVID lockdown online things. We do uh, trivia or Pictionary or just like breakout rooms and like Q&As and all different types of things like that. I'm actually so proud of you to be able to take that step, not just going out and going for your walk during the day and eating, you know, better and focusing on you as a whole, but stepping out of your comfort zone, one, finding a coach and doing the inner work, but two, you know, creating that safe community with other like-minded women as well. So what did you do next? Obviously, we were still in lockdown for quite a while. Uh, Your job was kind of on pause at the moment. You had set up this community with a lot of other like-minded women. What was next? So the lockdown started to get lifted and we were able to do things like outdoors when we were going through all those periods of time where they're like, okay, now you can go outside, but only with five people. Oh, now it's with 10 people. Nope, now it's with five people again. During that period of time, I was like, okay, I'm going to host an in-person event. And now that I really like voice that and tell people about that, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, that's just the most random thing. But of course, at the time, we had all been pretty much stuck with our housemates, stuck with our family all by ourselves. So as soon as I had the opportunity, I was like, okay, I'm going to host an event outside. I'm going to do a picnic, one of those beautiful picnic setups. It was 10 people were allowed and I'm going to get people in women in the real estate industry to come along and meet each other and goal at this point was still to build up the connections within real estate so when I got to go back to work I had that 
already kind of ticking away in the background. I think maybe one real estate agent turned up and the rest were kind of all small businesses that tied into real estate. So photographers, settlement gifts, any kind of things like that. And when I started connecting with those women, I was like, oh my God, small business is where it's at. Like these ladies are just out there giving it a go. Like they're putting in the work, they're passionate about what they do. It's exciting. And I was just like, nah, stuff real estate. I'm going to just keep doing these events for small business owners. I still had every intention of going back to my job and I was still waiting for that to happen. But I thought I'm going to host events for small business owners because I just think it's got a different energy about it. I wasn't getting much of a reception from women in real estate. So I thought I'm just going to do this as a side hustle, a passion project, and just surround myself with people who have that mindset. Because I think in in small business, a lot of what I had been working on on a personal level is is a lot of what you go through as a small business owner as well. And then a few weeks later, I got to go back to work. So I felt like I was really thriving. I was back at work. I was getting back into things. I was back to learning how to do recruitment. I hosted another event for women in business, which was a Christmas event where you could come along and celebrate with other small business owners because you don't usually get a Christmas party if you're a solo or a duo. And then we went and did a paint and sip. And I encouraged people to bring along a guest who supports them in their business. So whether that was mom, dad, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, bestie, any of the above. And I brought up a friend of mine along. And while we're at the paint and sip, I randomly said to him, have a bit of a look around. Like, I think we could open one of these. And he is very much the type of person, like we're complete opposite people. He has just started looking at like the brand of the brushes, the brands of the paints, like asking the artist all these random questions. And I was like, so we're doing this? And he's like, yeah, we're doing this. And yeah, after that, we met up put our plan together and decided to open a paint and sip. So a paint and sip is basically a boozy painting session. So if you haven't done one, what you do is it's BYO. You bring along beer, wine, any types of drinks. It doesn't have to be alcoholic, but BYO drinks, BYO cheese board, snacks, and we take you through a step-by-step class. It's not about being a fine artist. It's about trying something new and just getting out of your comfort zone. It's a great thing to use if you're wanting to celebrate something or if you're just wanting to come along for date night or to try something different. And yeah, we started one of those. Crazily enough, neither of us were artists. We just thought we'll figure it out. And yeah, I went into work a few weeks later and I said, hey, thank you so much for the opportunity, but I'm going to open a paint and sip. And I still remember clear as day, like the my work bestie at the time was like, what? Like, what? where did that come from? I was like, I don't know, but it's happening. And yeah, then my bosses at the time, they both said to me, we saw how much had really changed for you um, during COVID and everything that you had like started pursuing. Uh, so we're not surprised that this has happened and wished me all the best. And yeah, then we were off to start a paint and sip. What's your paint and sip called? It's called Rosé Soiree, so Rosé like the wine, and Soiree actually means fun event at night. And is that located down in Brisbane too? Yes, so that's located in Bulimba, and we've recently opened a second location in Wollongabba, which is Brisbane's first splatter room. Uh, This one's quite a new concept, but basically what you do is you come along You can throw paint, flick paint. We have balloons that you can fill up and throw darts at. 
basically whatever comes to your mind, you can give it a go. My team joke that the splatter room reflects my skills because you can just have at it and the paint sip reflects their skills because they're professional artists. <laughs> oh gosh, I would love to go and do one. I know we had one down in Canberra to attend, but it was right when COVID hit too. So by the time we went to go and do it, it had expired. So we like we didn't even get an extension to go and do it. It sucks so much because it was something so different. We had never heard of a paint and sip. Until COVID, like until after COVID, when we went to go and do it, we're like, oh, my God, like how long has this even been here for? Apparently it's a popular thing. Yeah. I feel like it was quite a new concept around when we decided to open it. So there was one that had really been, it was like the OG and they were in Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, and they were like, yeah, the OG, the known brand. I think it's a it's the brand that a lot of people instantly say in Brisbane, oh, this such and such. But then it slowly was getting more popular to the point where there is a lot of people who do it in a pop-up style business model where they go and utilize uh, cafes, pubs, that sort of thing. And they just set up each session as they go. And then there's a handful that are like ours to have actual physical storefront locations. So It's kind of weird because there will be people who are like, oh, what's that? And I think because I'm so in the business and paint and sip has been like what I live and breathe for the last three years, I'm so in the trenches and just it's all I really talk about, think about, know so much about. But yeah, it's crazy when people are like, what is that? But it's also exciting because that means there's so many people out there we can still be approaching and and getting in and trying the experience, which is really exciting. Do you get behind a paintbrush? Sometimes, sometimes, um, not often. And my poor team, I remember a couple of months ago, my best friend and I went, I'll purposely like schedule the class that I want, like the painting that I want to do and we'll book in and go over. Um, We got to the very end and I just didn't love mine and I completely painted over it because I just planned to bring it home and just... I just paint for fun. It's not really uh, anything beautiful. I'd say I'm definitely more of an abstract artist. But I I got to the end. I was like, nah, don't like it. Painted completely over it in just an all-purple canvas. And the girl that was working for me that night goes, am I getting fired? I was like, no, it's me, not you. (laughs) Don't even acknowledge me. I am not qualified for this. But I have a good time and that's the main thing. Gosh, we'll have to go and check it out. I'll make sure I put in the podcast notes as well so people can check it out and tag it too. So at this stage, you've got a paint and sip and you've got like she owns the place that runs women in business or women events. We've come out of COVID. What's happening now for you? Yeah, so this is January 2021. We opened the store. So we're coming up to three years. And as you can imagine, the first year of business is kind of just a it's a bit of a blur. You're figuring it all out. You're getting yourself set up. You're trying things. You're trying other things. Some things work. Some things don't. I always say you're just kind of throwing shit at a wall and see what sticks. And people are always like, oh, you've got it all figured out. And it's like, I have literally nothing figured out. I am just going with the flow and just giving it a red hot go. But yeah, that first year was very much a blur and then we were celebrating the first birthday which was crazy gosh so now you're obviously hosting more and more events that we aren't in lockdowns and we aren't restricted I know recently you had a like she owns the place event here in Rockhampton it was a couple of weekends ago how did that go for you 
Yeah, it went really well. It was so nice to bring an event home. I think I was talking to you about it a, a little while ago before the event, I guess the imposter syndrome that kind of came up for me when I was thinking about hosting an event in Rocky. Uh, what people would think and be like, oh, she left. Like, why is she coming back? Like, we don't need her to be doing that. Like, there's people who are doing it and like, what's the point? And you left. Just things like that. And also people being like, oh, what does she know? And I guess all the regular kind of things that come up with that imposter syndrome and self-doubt and fear of judgment. But I spoke to a friend of mine who lives in Brisbane, but grew up in Rocky. And I had interviewed her on my podcast and I was like, oh, I'm thinking of doing an event in Rocky. She's like, if you do, I'll totally come. And I was like, you're going to make the trip from Brisbane to Rocky? She's like, yeah. She's like, I'll be a guest speaker. I was like, oh, okay. So then I started chatting with some other people I knew and everyone was just like, it was really well received. I started kind of floating the idea on social media and, and being like, hey, what if I do this? Like, is anyone interested? And the response was just crazy. And I hosted the event at Little Liston Co. in East Street, which is 134 East Street. And And yeah, we had 45 ladies booked in. We had drinks, we had nibblies, we had four guest speakers, and it was just such a great day. I think any person that comes to those type of events, they come with the intention of connecting with other people and finding their circle and having someone to relate to on this journey of being a small business owner. And a lot of people come by themselves and it can be a bit nerve wracking, but as soon as you're there and you realize everyone's there for the same reason and has the same intentions, the room just really fills up with this energy. And yeah, I can't even explain it. So flowing into, I guess, what's next for like she owns the place, What do you have scheduled or coming up? Yes. So it's not scheduled yet as such. Um, Similar to the Rocky event, I feel like I'm so chaotic on social media. Like I'm very much just posting whatever comes to my head. And I think that's, I found for me, is just the best way for like she owns the place to operate. It's still very much my passion project and it's still very much, I don't have to have that really set plan to make sure that I'm paying rent and paying my staff. I can just kind of go from flow to flow of what comes naturally and what barks the most interest. So yeah, a few weeks ago, I just decided I wanted to float the idea of having a Bali retreat next year. So that's what I've kind of been gathering my info on and putting together at the moment. So I'm really hoping to have a like in the place um, Bali retreat next year. Bali obviously has such a different culture and such a different flow to everything that it does that it's a really good opportunity to slow down, take yourself out of your business to work on your business instead of in it. And that's really what I'm hoping to encourage the ladies to do who do come along to this retreat. I'm really hoping that this mid-year reset will help them to do that. There's such an emphasis on doing that at the beginning of the year when it's January and we're all like new year, new me, like you've got that post-holiday like glow and you've had some time off work. So I'm hoping to encourage women to do that mid-year so that we can then come into the end of the year finishing with the same energy that we started instead of kind of being on that final few weeks of the year and we're really just pushing to survive. Totally like right now. Yeah, yeah. Everyone started, it started to pop up as I guess a bit of a topic of conversation. It's getting to about that time and yeah, the final slog before we can relax at Christmas. So obviously you've gone into what's next for your business. What about for you personally? This is definitely, look, I'll be honest, it's definitely something I struggle to answer. I still have to put a lot of, I guess, conscious effort into making sure that I don't 
make my entire identity a business owner. I would say personal goals, they're not super exciting, just your typical like buy a house and get into the property market before it keeps going absolutely nutso. But always just to keep working on myself on a personal level and to be managing my mental health. I found out this year I was diagnosed with ADHD and that has made a big difference into how I manage my mental health because it's not just, oh, I'm sad or I'm, I have anxiety or I have depression. There's a lot more to unpack now. So that's also a big thing on a personal level because that kind of ties into everything in my life. How did you, I guess come to terms that you have been diagnosed with ADHD? Do they call it a diagnosis? Yes. Yeah. So it's a diagnosis. You have to go to a psychiatrist. It's quite a lengthy process and it's never kind of, I guess, diagnosed and then it's over. Um, You're constantly having to go back and check in and keep adjusting and, and working with it. I guess it's like anything. It's just not just this magic pill where you're all fixed and off you go. It's very much something you have to keep managing. And also just on, it's not just a medication fix. It's also learning techniques and understanding how you can be managing it beyond medication. So obviously managing getting enough sleep and movement and just I guess brain hacks and productivity hacks and different things obviously we our brain responds to things very differently so finding the things that work for us and yes it's a lot to unpack I know when I was going through the process of actually getting diagnosed I was like oh amazing it's just going to be I'm going to get medication and it's all going to be fixed but I feel like after that happened and I did get the medication I was pretty upset because I didn't feel like it had fixed everything. Uh, But like any mental health diagnosis, there's a lot more to it. And it is just an ongoing thing that you have to learn to manage and to work with. It's not something, I don't see it as a negative. I definitely see it as a something that I can work with and something that I do work with. And it makes sense as to why I do a lot of things that I do and that I am so creative and I do have a lot of good ideas and I'm, I don't have as much fear um, to go after those things. So there's a lot of positives, a lot of negatives. And I think it's just about figuring out how to manage them and make it work to your advantage. Thank you so much for giving us that insight. Look, I won't keep you too much longer. If you could tell your younger self one or two things, what would it be? I'd say to tell myself it's not that serious. My younger self would probably be telling me that too, but on a different wavelength. Like I said, when I was younger, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was kind of just going with the flow and having fun. But now I obviously have so many responsibilities and so many things that I'm doing, I can sometimes get really uptight and really narrow-minded and just be, I guess, turn myself into this big ball of stress. But when you look back and you look back at the times where you thought, am I going to make it through this? Is this the, is this the make or break for whatever it is? You look back and you're like, "Mm, it wasn't that serious. Like you just needed to, to take a step back and regroup and you would have been able to handle this a lot easier. So yeah, I think I just tell myself it's not that serious. Just enjoy what's happening and keep rolling because life will just keep happening. And if you're spending your time just constantly being stressed, overworked, overwhelmed, you're going to look back and definitely feel like you've wasted enjoying the moment and the opportunity, trying to make it perfect or trying to be really in control of it. Look, Katie, thank you so much for joining us on the Raw Talk Project. We really appreciate you coming along and sharing your journey and your experience to date of everything that you've got under your belt and on your plate at the moment. 
We hope that you have a successful end of a 2023 and an even more successful 2024. We can't wait to hear about what you have in store and how the retreat planning is going in the new year. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciated digging into a bit of my story. And yeah, if anyone wants to follow along on Instagram, like I said, it's a bit chaotic, but it is what it is. (laughs) 